As a child, I always wanted to win a state championship in soccer. My dream was that when I would be in high school one day, that our high school team would make it all the way and we could have that glorious moment of winning a state championship. And when I was at St. Leo, Turlings did not have a soccer team, and so I was not really that interested in going to Turlings, primarily for that reason. But as luck would have it, they got a soccer team my seventh grade year, and I decided, okay, I'm willing to go to Turlings. And I remember coming as a freshman to Turlings to the first soccer practice, and I was super intimidated by all of the juniors and the seniors who were really good, and here I am just a plebe, but just trying to make a name for myself on this team. And we had uh, a pretty good team because we were doing really well in the season, but the team that was considered unbeatable was St. Louis in Lake Charles, St. Louis Catholic High School. This was a 3A division, and they had won the state soccer championship in the past seven or eight years. And so we really, really wanted to beat St. Louis, but it was basically considered impossible. Well, we had a great season that year. Uh, I was a freshman that was able to sit the bench on varsity, so I played a few games, but not uh, in the playoffs. And whenever we got to the state championship, we were playing none other than St. Louis, which was wonderful. We got to do this at UL, and I still remember the game. It was very close, and we, we actually scored a few times. They scored two, and we ended up losing to them in a shootout which is the overtime situation where whenever you tie the game, you have to each take different penalty kicks one by one. So it was a very close game and we lost and we were so crushed. And, and so the next year you can imagine, we, it was everything that we wanted was to beat St. Louis. We wanted to get a second chance to go to the state championship and to pull through and triumph over the dynasty that St. Louis was. And so, happens that we made it to the state championship again. This time I'm a sophomore, and this time I'm playing regularly. And my, my position was defense. I was um, what's called a stopper on defense. And when, in the state championship game, my one job was to mark their best player. They put the sophomore marking their best player. His name was Michael Lapira, and he scored goals all the time. And my job was to follow him around and make sure that he couldn't do that. And so there's a lot of pressure on me, okay? I'm honored, but also super, uh, a lot of pressure on my shoulders. And so we're playing this very intense game, and at the end of the game, it's 0-0. So we're going to overtime again. But the way overtime works, before you go to the shootout, you do two halves of 10 minutes. And uh, so we have the first 10-minute section, and we're playing, and it's... I mean, this is all we got. You can imagine how exhausted we are. I didn't, have, I didn't take a break. You know, most, most of the players on the field, there's very few subs. And at this point, we are all exhausted both teams. And there's a lot of close calls, but we were still pulling through. And the first overtime segment is over 0-0 zero, zero, still. And now we're at the second overtime segment. And it's about getting really close and we're starting to realize that we're going to probably have to do
do a shootout again. So we're getting ready just mentally, emotionally to, to go into that shootout. We still have a few more minutes of this overtime to play in. In the last minute of the game, Michael Apira gets the ball. And I'm marking him. And he was very good. And I guess he got past me. And fortunately, there's one more defender right behind me. So he's going to step in. And what I do then is, is run back to back him up so that, you know, we're just continuing to back each other up. And something happens, and, and he gets a moment where he's able to shoot. And he takes this shot, and it's only one more minute left in the second overtime situation. And as he takes the shot, I give all I have to just get in between that ball and the goal. I don't care what part of my body hits it. I mean, it can't be my hand because that would be a penalty. But anything else, I just need to get in between that ball and the goal because we are not going to lose this game in the last minute. And so it happens that I get to my head on the ball, we call it headbutt, and it, it comes and it hits my head and I'm so relieved because it's that last minute again and I, this is the potentially what is going to take the whole season. And I get my head on that ball and I'm so excited that I was able to get there. And the ball deflects off my head, and it's just enough to go right over the goalie's hands into the goal. And that was the last minute. And it was game over. As a sophomore, I felt like I had lost the game for the whole season. And you can imagine, as the only sophomore on the field, how devastated and humiliated I was. The whole team was crushed. We finally had it in our grasp. We had failed the year before. This was our moment of redemption, and we failed again. And it's easy to point the finger and blame me. To blame myself. I and mean, we all know the power of failure, and we all know how powerful and debilitating it can be sometimes whenever we face a moment like this. It can be so discouraging. It can tear us apart. We can be embarrassed. Maybe other people start blaming us. And we don't know where to go. And sometimes we start to doubt. Sometimes we start to really question why we even did it in the first place. And we start to doubt the God-given gifts that we've been given and, and just everything. We just want to give up sometimes. And up until that moment, that was really the most, the, the largest experience of failure that I have ever experienced um, in my life. But we also know the great power of redemption. We also know the great power of a story of someone who experiences a great moment of failure and then rises up and triumphs but beyond it. Consider every uh, inspirational movie that you've ever watched are really just any good movie. That's just part of the plot. There's always some experience of failure or hitting rock bottom or just not being in a good spot. And then the main character rises through difficult challenges and then triumphs in the end. And that's what makes it a good story. We love this. It's inspiring. It helps us realize that there's something more beyond our failures. And this is the story of the gospel. Mankind has failed over and over and over again. 
And Jesus Christ brings redemption out of our failure. God does not give up on us. That is the good news of the gospel. He doesn't give up on us. We often mess up. The very first chapters of Genesis in the book of the Bible, we have man messing up. They sin, they turn their back on God. We all know the story of Adam and Eve. And time goes on and God has mercy on them. And, and God continues to show his mercy to mankind. And it only took a couple more chapters, Genesis chapter 5, to get us to our first reading today, which is the story of Noah. And Noah experiences a world where mankind severely messed up. And God didn't take him long to experience all of his people turning away from him. But what we hear in the first reading is that God remained faithful even when his people weren't. That God remained faithful to the covenant that he had established with his people. You see, God is more of a father than he is a judge. And our relationship with God is more of a family relationship rather than a relationship of being in a courtroom. And God establishes these covenants with these people. And what's great about Lent this year, this is cycle B of the readings. And uh, all the first readings for the next six weeks are going to have this theme of covenant. It's going to have this theme of all the Old Testament highlights, the big major moments in the Old Testament, where God reminds us that he is faithful, even when we aren't. And he doesn't give up on us when we fail. That there is still hope for a redemption beyond our mess-ups. And so Noah is this first presentation of God saying, yes, we messed up, but look, I have recreated the world. God recreates the world after the flood, which is a story of redemption. And it's going to be a pattern that he continues to do all throughout the Old Testament, setting us up for the great moment of Jesus Christ, bringing the ultimate redemption that we need. But the story remains today. Perhaps you feel like you have failed in your relationship with God. Perhaps you feel like maybe you have lost sight of what's most important. Perhaps you feel maybe distant from God. Or maybe you feel as though your faith has just run dry and irrelevant. And if that's you, I'm here to say that it's not too late to rediscover a new beginning. It's not too late to be forgiven. It's not too late to start anew and discover the recreation within your own soul. We are starting a new season together this year in Lent. This is week one of Lent 2021. And as we begin this journey together, there's all kinds of things that we can do to, to enhance our spiritual life and our faith. We have plenty going on here in St. Leo, and it's, even, it's hard for me to even remember it. So, I mean, it's in the bulletin, it's on social media, but it's exciting because we have so many things to offer. And not only here, but there's also all other kinds of opportunities in our diocese and even in the world. But what I'd like to highlight and strongly encourage is one thing. 
you have not gone to confession in a while, maybe this could be the year. Think about the possibility if even just half of us decided to go to confession at least once this Lent. How amazing and how renewed we would probably be to experience in a very tangible way this forgiveness of sins and this new start, this new creation within us, so that we can take a step forward in faith. Imagine if more than half of us would. What if, what if 75% of us, or even heck, all of us, if we would go to confession to make it a little bit more accessible? kind of altered our confession time just a little bit. We're going to have it starting at 2.30 instead of 3.30 on Saturdays. So we're going to have a full hour from 2.30 to 3.30 every Saturday. We're also going to be hearing confessions, daily masses before uh, at 6 a.m. for those of you that come to daily mass. In addition, we have our Lent vigils, so all the Wednesdays of Lent, except for this Wednesday because we have our Lent mission. But after this Wednesday, all the Wednesdays of Lent, we're going to be hearing confessions at 6.30. And we have this tradition of second Sunday adorations. We're going to start hearing confessions at the last hour from 4 to 5 during every second Sunday. Starting in Lent, but, but continuing beyond Lent. But we want to make it a little bit more accessible for you to attend this sacrament. Because there's nothing like experiencing the real tangible grace and forgiveness to experience a new beginning and a step forward 